0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. This is my house! This is my house! I'm taking over! Okay? Stephen A and the crew! Listen Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at MidKansasOnline.com. Touchdown! It's a Sammy
1: Watkins Palooza! Touchdown, Kansas City!
0: According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Touchdown, Bullpups!
1: No flags on the play! It is 99 yards right up the seam! The big
0: play threat from a season ago does it again! Everything happening in the sports world.
2: 69, offense. He was giving them the business.
0: And even some things not happening in the sports world.
2: I tell you, I thought this morning I wasn't going to make it to this (laughs) afternoon. I haven't had many mornings like that in a long time.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
1: Let's do this thing, another initiative, according to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBDE. Or for those of you listening, online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me, as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, and a very hard-working man this morning, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How did your morning go?
2: Busy. Lots of stuff, as usual. Wednesday is just one of the busiest days we have, because not only do we have all the stuff on Tuesday, I'm working on football precedes of all the area schools for Thursdays to post on Thursday. And, of course, we have six area schools that, that play high school football. And, and I, I feel like they all deserve their own story. Don't just, I don't like to put them just in a, in a roundup, kind of like I do uh, on Saturday. And Saturday I kind of do a roundup just because, you know, I can put them all together. But I, I like doing separates going into the, uh, into the games. So
1: you had to work very hard this morning. You will then have to work very hard this afternoon. Right. Then what will you do? Rest. I feel like that's been a theme of your life I've the last couple of days. I've been pretty exhausted
2: lately. I I think not playing golf, getting my, I'm not getting the exercise I did this summer, and maybe that's why I've been so exhausted.
1: That's true. Well, Steve, we have several things to talk about today. Number one that I want to talk about first, Jalen Ramsey, of course, as news continues to heat up, whether the Chiefs are going to go get a number 1 star cornerback to add to this team. The other thing I want to talk about at some point on the show today, the Kansas State High School Activities Association is meeting today. Okay. I think they do a once-a-month meeting, and this meeting for them is in regards to a few things. Number one, I would assume this is part of the meeting that helps them reclassify every team. They have all the enrollment numbers, and typically the reclassification numbers come out on September 20th, which is on Friday, so I would imagine that will be coming up soon. Another thing that they will be looking at is splitting up Class 1A into two different sections because it's just such a big classification. The other thing that they will be talking about today, Steve, is the Board of Directors meeting for the potential to put it to a vote on making high school sports in Kansas private, and public, in two different sectors. And we have talked about this a little bit before, but today they will be talking about it and potentially putting it on a vote for the rest of the state. So I want to talk about that later on in the show. Another Our guy that we always go to in terms of this, Sean Fry, the Parson's son, he has another big story about it because he's been kind of the one following along with this story. But going back to Jalen Ramsey, now that we are... 24, 48 hours removed from a lot of the talks beginning of the Chiefs being interested in the number 1 cornerback from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Has anything changed with you? Do you still think the Chiefs should go get him? Do you think they shouldn't? Where do you stand? Well,
2: you know, yesterday I wasn't real keen on the idea because I thought he might be a disruptor, but the more I slept on it and thought about it this morning... You did a lot of sleeping. I did a lot of sleeping. The more I thought about it, it's a good deal. It's a good deal for the Chiefs because they're so close right now. They, they are so close to making the Super Bowl. And, again, it's that defense that probably keeps them, you know, from taking that next step. And, uh, again, if you give up a number one draft pick, you don't know what that number one draft pick is eventually going to be. You right. Have, you have no idea how good. He might be Mitch Trubisky. Jaylen... He might be Paxton Lynch. We know how good Jalen Ramsey is. Though. Yes. And Jalen Ramsey, he's an all-pro. You know what you're getting with him. I think the one thing that's the, kind of the stumbling block, uh, block for Jacksonville is the Chiefs are good. And what that means is that number one draft pick won't carry as much weight. Right. Because the, let's face it, the Chiefs are probably going to be, I'm guessing, in the championship game. Which means get, that their pick would be around 28. 28, 29. Well, how many They'll, teams? they'll be in the mid High uh, 20s. Upper 20s. High 20s, low 30s. Unless they so, fall apart. So that pick doesn't look as attractive. So I think what the Chiefs would have to do is throw in another player, you know, a current player. Maybe even – they might have to even give up a starter. Now, I don't know. I don't think they'd touch anybody on their offense. Probably be somebody Patrick from
1: Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah, just I, I we'll swap them out. I
2: don't think that's going to happen. But it's going to probably be somebody from their defense. Or maybe uh, a number one and then like a five and a seven or something like that next year because – Uh, Let's face it, once you get past about the fourth round, your fifth, sixth, and seventh round guys, they don't stick
1: very often. Here's one thing I wanted to make a comment about today in regards to Jalen Ramsey. I think that he is unfairly criticized by fans for thinking that he is a bad apple, a bad seed, a guy that has too much to say. And I will say that, yes, he does have some things to say, in terms of defending himself and saying, I'm one of the best corners. But I really do think he is different than a case like Marcus Peters. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is a head case. And I know that some people will say, well, he just got in a fight with his coach this past weekend. I think Doug Marone has about had enough of everybody. I think he's had about enough of Jacksonville. I think he's had about enough of football. And I was watching the video of Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey's interaction on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. And you can see the bench, Jalen Ramsey sitting on the edge of the bench. And there are two other defensive guys for the Jags that are to his left. And you can see Doug Marone talking to him and talking at him and saying things. And then you see these two guys for Jacksonville stand up. And you could tell by their reaction that Doug Marone said something bad. And so... I don't want to put all this blame on Jalen Ramsey. And I think that's what some Chiefs fans' initial thought is is, oh, this guy's a head case. Do we really want to go get this guy? Do we really want to have to deal with with team personnel issues? And the thing that I will say is this: Andy Reid has always been known as this player coach, that he's great in the locker room. He's great whenever things get in in trouble. He's able to take in these troubled souls. and and change them, which I don't know is exactly correct. But if Andy Reid is this great players coach who's great at handling personnel, great locker room guy, then he better be able to handle a guy like Jalen Ramsey because I don't think he's that big of a problem. Now, if they said, we're going to go get Antonio Brown, I don't know about that right now. Hey, we're going to go get somebody else who's been in trouble. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure, but Jalen Ramsey's never been in trouble. And I think that if they can't handle Jalen Ramsey, then they're not really all in on this to win. And I think Jalen Ramsey is a piece that they need or could use to get over the hump. Are you with me, Steve?
2: Okay, here's my few takes here. Doug Marone, the Jacksonville coach, I believe he coached Buffalo one year and had a really good year, but they let him go because a lot of players complain. So it's obvious he doesn't relate very well to players. And he's at Jacksonville, which, of course, is overseen by Tom Coughlin, who is regarded as one of the toughest guys to play for in the NFL. And I think some of his old school has rubbed off on Doug Marone. Well, if not that, the
1: pressure from Coughlin and Jacksonville management that if they don't get it together, number one, that he's either gone or they're taking a team to London.
2: And secondly, you can't compare Ramsey to Marcus Peters because Marcus Peters was nuts. I'm sorry. He was just
1: just a a different guy. He was
2: just a different guy. You know, he had a tough upbringing. Uh, He didn't quite relate. You know, he doesn't just quite relate to... Well, I think he felt attacked by
1: Chiefs fans. I think he felt attacked by Kansas City. And I think that was part of why he lashed out. Continue.
2: Yeah. And then, as far as uh, Andy Reid being a players coach, yes, he is. I mean, when have you ever really heard of any problems... In the Chiefs locker room. Well,
1: part of it is, and part of my argument there, Stephen I said, I'm not really sure, is that sometimes he just gets rid of problems. Marcus Peters. Yeah. That before things even happen, he just got rid of them. And that could have been a little bit of Chiefs management too, but sometimes he just doesn't deal with problems. He just gets rid of them. Yeah. And that's the reason I said, right. He said, we're not going to deal with this anymore. See you later. We don't want to have to deal with all these problems. Let's move on. Find somebody else. And I think Andy Reid is great. With guys that are like him, I think he's great at being able to put together teams, put together offenses that work for what he needs. Similar to Belichick, but when he doesn't need that anymore, he doesn't want this distraction. I think he just says, "Okay, we'll we'll move on. We're, we're better without you." I think we you. could
2: play for Andy Reid.
1: I think I would be a good Andy Reid. Yeah, disciple. Yeah. I don't know if I could run the jet sweep or the shovel pass, but I think he would like me. I think I'd be a, a good well, it, player for Andy Brady. The, there's
2: really the drumbeat is getting loud about the Chiefs because there, you know, there was a lot of word when the, the defensive back from Miami. Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, when, when it, it, it came uh, known that he was going to get traded, the Chiefs were mentioned there. It just seems like any good defensive player that's disgruntled and wants a trade or wants out, who's the first team they think of? The Chiefs. Yeah. because everyone knows their defense isn't very good. Last week against Oakland, they pitched a shutout the last three quarters, but you got to remember that's Derek Carr and the Raiders.
1: Ugh. Yeah. The point that I made yesterday, Steve, is the point that I continue to stand by. I'm not guaranteeing that the Chiefs make it to an AFC Championship game. I'm not guaranteeing they win the West. I'm not guaranteeing they win a Super Bowl. But what I'm saying is we know what this and what this AFC goes through. We know who the Chiefs will have to beat if they make the playoffs, if they make the AFC Championship game, in order to get to a Super Bowl in the middle of this window where they have some space to work with in their salary cap because they are not really paying number 15 yet. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. They have LaShawn McCoy. They have a pretty good offensive line compared to what they've had. They have a salvageable defense. If they want to go win a Super Bowl... And go do it right now, they have a chance to, yeah, and by doing that, what I'm saying is we know who they have to beat. It's not Indianapolis, it's not the Chargers, it's not Jacksonville, it's not Tennessee, it's not any of those teams. It's not Houston, it's New England. That's right. It's not Pittsburgh anymore and in fact it's I, New England. I
2: said this I think uh, in my cell on sports, the AFC this this week's game with Baltimore. That's going to tell us if, if the Chiefs pretty much drop the hammer on Baltimore, it's it's New England and Kansas City and the rest of the AFC. Look the, look at the only undefeated teams other than the Chiefs and Patriots the Bills. Do you really think <laughs> the Bills uh, are up there with the Chiefs? And I was thinking there, there was one other, und- Baltimore is the other. undefeated. Yeah. So there's only four undefeated teams in the AFC, and one of them's a pretender. But the Bills are a pretender. Let's face it, they're, they're the only reason. You know, they're going to probably go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven is because they get the Dolphins twice, they get the Jets twice. That's four wins, basically, right there.
1: I'm not saying that the Chiefs are going to make the AFC Championship game. Who knows? They could come out flat in a home game in the playoffs against Tennessee Baltimore or yeah. Tennessee. They could come out flat and lose. But in order to win, you have to beat New England. Yeah. we're We're, we're pretty certain about that. And let's say New England loses along the lines, which... They typically do not lose before and we the AFC Championship England. We looked game. at
2: New England's schedule yesterday, and it was, it was almost laughable because they're going to win every game by about thirty. There's a in very their good chance or seven games.
1: There's a very good chance this year, Steve, that New England is the one seed because their schedule is pretty easy, and that means that not only do the Chiefs have to beat the Patriots, but they would probably have to go to Foxborough in January, in the snow, potentially in the snow, in the cold, and beat the Patriots. And you know what they need in order to do that? A lockdown corner. A lockdown corner and a defense that can stop the Patriots' offense. Because remember what happened in the AFC Championship game last year, Steve? Oh. They said, "Hey there, Rob Gronkowski, get open and we'll throw you the ball." Okay, there, Julian Edelman. All, all, we'll run the same play three times is, in a row. Is
2: Eric Barry just trying to drag down Rob Gronkowski. It just seemed like Eric Barry. We saw the demise of Eric Barry in that game because he was just too old, too slow. And after a great career, it was really kind of a sad way that his Chiefs' career ended.
1: New England converted three third downs on that overtime drive. And you know what happens if they have a lockdown corner doesn't or a happen. really good defense? They probably don't give up three consecutive first down or third down conversions. They maybe give up a field goal and you give the ball back to number fifteen. And what
2: happens if D Ford doesn't jump offside? Well then the, <laughs>
1: then and see the thing is, Steve, going into the year, they were right there with New England. We can we can say that they are one play away from beating them. Right. But you still have to win. The Patriots go out. They add Antonio Brown. The Chiefs need to have their counter punch. Right. And go get somebody like Jalen Ramsey because have you ever heard people talk about the definition of insanity?
2: Well, concerning me, I'm sure there's a lot of people. What well, the definition about. they say
1: insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Okay. If the Chiefs continue to throw out the same bad defense over and over again against the Patriots in the playoffs, and expect for them to finally win just because they have a terrific offense, then you're crazy. You got to do something different, very and that's Freud, why I
2: very Freud-like.
1: Yeah, I think you got to go get Jalen Ramsey, I whatever the cost too. is. Right now is your window, and it's a pretty fun window right now. Yeah, like I say, you throw in what did we say last year? If this Chiefs defense is the 20th ranked defense in the NFL they probably win a Super Bowl. But instead, they're 31st or 32nd, and they can't get it done. Yep. All right, Steve, let's dive into some high school regulations and rules. We've talked about it a few times, but some of the proposals that could be up for a vote today by the Kansas State High School Activities Association, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we continue to always find our way back to some of these points with Kansas State high school sports. And there has been some movement throughout the state. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago whenever this bill was proposed and this rule change was proposed. But there is movement. There is some legislation that has a chance to go through today as the Kansas State High School Activities Association is meeting, I would assume in the great city of Topeka, but meeting to talk about what could they do in terms of public schools and private schools, and we have talked about all the different scenarios that the state has and and could do to separate or equal the playing, even the playing field. Level it. So we've talked about many things that they can do. But one thing that has a chance to go through today, as the board of directors will be meeting, is the potential of putting public schools into one classification for championships and private schools into one classification for championships. So meaning, let's just say Bishop Carroll. They can still play their same schedule. They'll still play Wichita East and Wichita Northwest. They'll still play Goddard. But when it comes down to the postseason the private schools, not just Catholic schools, but private schools are all in their own classification. So you're competing for the Kansas Private School State Football Championship instead of the Class 6A State Football Championship or Class 5A State Championship. And this is one of the things that one of the principals in the state at Paola High School, Jeff Hines, this was one of the first pieces of legislation that they are trying to get passed to potentially go up for a vote from all the schools, and I wanted to get your thoughts again on what you thought would be the best case scenario. Do you like the public versus private? Because I think there are people that do.
2: Won't happen. Let's face it. This is this is all about. I'd say four schools, basically, maybe five: Aquinas, Miege, Carroll, Capen, and maybe throw Saint James in there. After that, it doesn't matter. So I still say the be- the best thing well, you, you throw in a school like Topeka Hayden, too. yeah, that's but, another group that but is a smaller my, one. My, my solution is is just to bump them all up one class. like Miage from 4 A to 5A, Aquinas from 5A to 6A, uh, Trinity, whatever Trinity is. One
1: now. one counter to that, Steve, is let's just say Bishop Miage because they are a school that hovers at the 4A 5A line. So let's say we say, okay, Bishop Miege, you're, you're a 4A school. We're going to bump you up to 5. What happens if they lower their enrollment and put themselves into a place to where they're now a 3A? Let's say these schools decide they want to do that to counteract it. Of course, the school will be losing some money, but that is one place where it could be open-ended.
2: Why would Miege worry about that when they can beat just about any 5A school Anyway, so I I don't see I don't see it either, but yeah, I'm just saying that yeah, is a a but, loophole. Yeah, to but Mies can be... heck, Miage can be most six A schools in every sport. So I you know I just I just say say bump them up a class, and and because there's no like I say the private schools there's it, this is basically aimed at four schools to me it really is and and, and even Capen you know Capen's kind of fallen off in some sports, but let's face it, Carroll, Aquinas. And me age. Those are the, you know, you take the state championships, those three schools have won in the last 10 years. It's a lot. It's ridiculous how many they've won. So you are a fan of simply
1: just bumping up one classification. Do you like the multiplier version where you take a school's enrollment and if they are a private school, give them a multiplier, let's say 1.3%. So if they are a 1,000-student school, they're now a 1,300-student school on paper. Do you like that? Do you like the success modifiers?
2: I, I just think I just think bumping them up a class, because and I don't think it's I don't care where you put them, they're still gonna be successful. Carroll would be successful at six A, Aquinas would be successful at six A, Miege would be successful at five A. Topeka Hayden be su- successful at four A. It ain't gonna matter because But remember those Steve, those, are, those are these are sports factories. Let's face it, these schools are sports factories. The
1: other argument with this too, the other end of this that sometimes we forget because it does come down to those four main schools, you have to remember the smaller schools. And what's going to happen to Elyria. them? Elyria. Let's throw in Elyria Christian. Trinity. If, if they get bumped up a classification, athletics change. When they go from 1A to 2A, and they have however many students at Elyria, about 100, and all of a sudden you're competing against schools that have potentially 200 students, it gets difficult. Yep. It's tough. And I think that that is one concern for me, is the smaller schools.
2: But O'Leary doesn't have football, so that takes one sport. And basketball, uh, their boys' team has been pretty good. So. But even then, 2A basketball
1: and 1A basketball are pretty different. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a completely different size of school. That's true. And then you throw in those fringe schools, those 3A, 2A private schools, where it makes a pretty big difference in 100 students. Of enrollment. Uh, Let's say a school like St. Mary's Colgan. I know that they've been able to be extremely successful and I know there are a lot of people that are very opinionated about St. Mary's Colgan down in Pittsburgh, but whenever you bump them up into a new classification, that changes things for that school as well. I'm looking at the list of some of the schools in in Class 2A and trying to scan through and see if there are any that stand out to me as some... well, Hutch Trinity is one. So if they go from 2A to 3A, especially in football, things are a little different.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting because Trinity just played Inman last week. Inman's a 1A school. Trinity's a 2A school. It's just a
1: tough argument because there are so many different people that you have to go through with this. Let's say Atchison-Mar Hill Mount Academy. Okay. They've actually had some pretty good sports. I think their basketball team was undefeated in the regular season. Mm Mm-hmm. They are at 203 students and are a 3A school. You bump them up a classification, and they become a 4A school. That's right. The dynamic of that school's basketball team changes a lot yeah. when they go from the small end of 3A to the smallest 4A school. Wichita Trinity Academy, 317 students, the smallest in class 4A. If they become a 5A school, Ooh. it's tough. Yeah. I, I, just, I don't know if that's exactly the best-case scenario. I've always kind of liked the multiplier. And the success modifier, I think, makes things difficult, but is fair, if that makes sense. The only thing that is tough about high school sports is it's not like pro sports where there are relegation leagues. You can't always control what's coming up the line. You could have a great year, great four years of sports, and then you hit a couple of dud classes, and you just start losing, and you've put yourself into a class that you can't win at anymore with that talent. It's a question that I don't know if we'll ever have a good answer for. No. And we'll find out today as this continues to be talked about. And just remember... But I don't get the feeling that the private versus public decision for championships between private schools only and public schools only... Never have. I don't think that will be the one that goes Again, through. Again,
2: I go back. This is all about, well, to me, really about three schools. Miage, Aquinas, and Carroll. That's what this is all about. Because those schools... When's the last time any of those schools have been bad at anything? You look at the state, you look at every state championship last year, how high are Carroll, Miage, and Aquinas and all those?
1: They're doing pretty well right now.
2: Yeah, they're always in the top three or four all
1: right, in every Steve, sport. Let's take our final break. Listen to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we're excited for a Bullpup Football Preview Thursday tomorrow. You bet. We'll be previewing the Bullpups taking on the El Dorado Wildcats on Friday night at McPherson Stadium. Also tonight, don't forget, McPherson College Coaches Show from 6 to 7. We had a great show that we taped yesterday morning, and I'm sure that will be being posted at the MacBulldogs.com website at some point this afternoon or on their YouTube page. But lot going on, Steve. Tell the people where to go read up on any area of sports.
2: MidKansasOnline.com.
1: Anything else to add?
2: I don't think so. I, we got I wanted to of, open
1: up the floor to you.
2: We had a lot of uh, lot of stuff up there today. Uh, area volleyball. Uh, Mount Ridge and Heston didn't play, but we have all the other area scores. Of course, McPherson High. A couple really big wins last night. They got the redemption against Augusta in a big way. Augusta was kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Big game for uh, McPherson High soccer team. Uh, they beat Rose Hill last night. Uh, Drew Schrader, another hat trick. I said maybe they need to rename the term hat trick call it the Drew Schrader because that's his second hat trick in six games. The guy is really exploding. That was a 0-0 game at the half, by the way. So uh, Bullpup's now 5-1 and one in soccer, and they got a huge game tomorrow. Head up to Salina Central. Salina Central is one of the teams that beat them. Uh, Salina Central beat them here last year. So that's, that's a uh, game the Bullpups would really like to get. And, you know, they're only going to be one game away. After tomorrow, they're one game shy of halfway point of the regular season.
1: That's right. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, and Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.